Acts chapter 16, we're going to start reading in verse 16. I want to talk to you this morning about praise. I seriously debated about how to do this this morning. I, I started to make them come and sing praise after the message. <laughs> I didn't want to be too disruptive. So I don't know. Sometimes I always second guess myself. I, I probably shouldn't. But anyway, we'll, we'll go with this. Um, Acts chapter 16, verse 16. And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. Do you all know what that means? She was a fortune teller. And apparently she was accurate, right? So this is a information, first of all, to say that not all fortune tellers are just fake. But that doesn't make them righteous. Okay? She's possessed. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God. See, she knew what she was talking about. Which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days. And Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. And when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they're not going to make any money off of this girl anymore. They caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates ran off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison, and made their feast, their feet fast in the stocks. Okay, I had to give you some background, so this is where we really want to focus, though. So you've got these guys, right, that are just going about their business, spreading the gospel like they were told to do, and because some, because of their actions, some people are going to lose money. What did they do? They had them beaten first of all. I don't know if y'all, how much y'all know about the way they were beaten, but it's not pretty. I imagine they had some pretty deep cuts, probably bleeding quite a bit, right? And then they charged this jailer with making sure these guys stayed in jail. So what did he do? He took them and put them in the innermost uh, jail cell, so to speak, in today's terms, to make sure there was no way these guys were going to get out. Okay? You know, they had to be pretty mad. Right? They had to be pretty mad at them for, to, for, to do this. Alright, so, verse 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. Now, y'all listen. These guys have been beaten. They've been 
pretty much shamed in front of all of the the people around, right? Because they, they, they did these beatings publicly. You know, they tore their clothes off and beat them. They wanted to make a spectacle of them. So here's these guys, not wealthy by any means. They don't have any nice things to go home to. They've been beaten, made a spectacle of, of everyone around, taken and put in prison, don't know when they're going to get out, And what are they doing that night? They're singing praises and praying. Singing praises and praying. Singing praises and praying. I'm trying to drive that point home to you today. I want you to understand what they are going through. These people, these guys are at the bottom of the barrel right now. There is no hope according to man. But what are they doing? They're sitting there in jail. Beaten, bleeding, chained up, singing praises to God. At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed, sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. They wasn't sitting there singing to themselves. They didn't care who heard what they were saying. And suddenly... There was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. Now I want you to understand something. This earthquake is not what caused their chains to fall off. You might can make some sort of case that somehow the foundation of this building shifted and that caused the doors to open. But I'm telling you all, that ain't going to make anybody's shackles fall off their feet. Right? So that earthquake was just evidence of what was going on. God was moving. Y'all know God inhabits the praise of His people. You begin to praise God, I guarantee you He's going to come. Listen, He loves to hear praise. He loves to hear praise. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, He drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. Wouldn't you think the same thing? Here's their opportunity. All the doors are open. The chains fell off. Man, let's go. But Paul cried with a loud voice. Now remember, he put them in the innermost prison. His bed wasn't right there outside their cell. Right? So Paul couldn't see this guy. He didn't know what he was doing, but God revealed to Paul what was about to happen. And Paul cried with a loud voice saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. Y'all know he was probably irritated with Paul and Silas. These guys are keeping him awake. How many times do you think he went to them and said, Y'all hush! Go to sleep! Quit all your singing! Y'all want another beating? But they, through the night, had been a testimony to this guy. 
You see, he's a jailer. Anybody that's ever involved with law enforcement knows what I'm talking about. You see the you see people at their worst. Right? Very seldom do you see people at their best in law enforcement. You see people at their lowest lows. This guy, not only was he the jailer, but that's, that's what he did was make sure they stayed there, right? So he sees these people after they've been beaten, after they've just been decimated, and they bring them in and lock them up. He sees them at their absolute lowest all the time. But then he saw Paul and Silas. He saw something that was a little different. Because even though these guys have been beaten, they were in pain, they were suffering, what did they do? They said, even in this, I'm going to praise my God. Even in this time, no matter how dark it may seem, I'm going to praise my God. I don't care what everybody else in this jail cell says. I don't care what they think about me. I'm going to praise my God. Because He's worthy of praise. See, sometimes we look at our circumstances. And we begin to think, y'all listen now, we begin to think that God's not worthy of praise because of where we're sitting. But I'm going to tell you that it doesn't matter where you're sitting, you can still begin to praise God because He didn't put you there. He may be going to bring you through it, but it's not His fault that you're in dire situations. And I want you to understand something else. He never promised you that you wouldn't have trouble, but He He did promise you that He'd never leave you. He'd never forsake you. So here's Paul and Silas sitting at their lowest point in their life, sitting there beaten and just flesh probably hanging off their back. But what do they do? They praise God. They praise God. We find ourselves here Sunday morning. I don't see anybody here that's been beaten this week. Maybe you got your your scars covered up. I don't know. But we have a hard time praising God. A little too comfortable, ain't we? Y'all listen now. This ain't time to be thinking about anything else. This jailer called for a light. That tells you something, that right there. That one statement. He's not some lowly servant. He called for a light. Hey, bring me a light. Right? Here's this guy. Has a little bit of power. He could have stayed hard-hearted and said, hey... Go lock everybody back up. But he wanted to go see for himself what had happened. Came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. He's already been touched in his heart. He knows something is going on here. Y'all listen to me now. This guy didn't go in here not knowing what was going on. He had heard their praises. He had heard their prayers. You know what you can take from that? You ought to praise. And you ought to pray where people can hear you. Because here's this guy, he's a jailer. All he's surrounded by is negativity all day long. 
But he hears something. And he calls for the light. And he goes in. And he's already convicted in his heart. And what does he do? He says, He says, And brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? There wasn't any other discussion needed. He didn't say, What in the world happened? How did these doors come open? How did your chains fall off? He didn't need those answers. He knew what God had already done. He knew it was God that had already done it. You see, what he knew what that he needed was what they had. Because if they can praise God in the state they were in, man, how's it going to be for me? I want what they have. This is why it's important to praise God. You say, well, I'm, I'm surrounded by Christians today. They don't need anything I got. Oh, how wrong you are. You see, some people come to the house of God expecting to receive something. Some people come to the house of God expecting that God's going to show up because they are in need. And when we sit on the seat and we don't move, guess what? Those around us say, well, I'll just sit here too. And then they leave, well, maybe next time. Listen, what you pray and what you praise has a direct impact on all of those around you. And they spake unto Him, No, I'm sorry, back up. And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy house. Look, I could go on and read the rest of this. Man, it's an awesome story. I want y'all to understand something today. The core of what I want to tell you I've already said. These guys are sitting there Imagine what their praise must have been for this guy to already know he needed to be saved. Imagine what their prayer and their praise must have been for him to know in his heart, I need to go in there and find out what it takes to be saved. What was their praise? You see, their praise wasn't just to magnify God. Their praise was a story about what He had done for them. You understand what I'm saying today? Y'all ain't getting this one bit because you're all still sitting down with the same dead look on your face. Hear what I'm trying to tell you today. He, They were praising in such a manner that the people heard them. Those prisoners stayed there because they said, Wait a minute. Maybe I can get some of what they got too. I'm in a dark situation. But what they're saying sounds so good. Do you understand what I'm talking about? That kind of praise doesn't come forth by just repeating little words. I'm not just talking about standing up singing songs, y'all. Praise that comes from so deep within. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. You don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know how to pour it into you. 
If you're sitting there, have you ever had doubts about your salvation? Have you had a doubt? Listen, if you've had a doubt, you need to make sure. Get it straight. Don't, don't listen to me now. This is, this is so critical. All of you listen to me. Don't listen to what your parents said. Don't trust somebody else's word on it. If you don't know you're saved, you better make sure. This ain't got nothing to do with your mama and daddy. This ain't got nothing to do with your preacher. This ain't got nothing to do with nobody else. The Word says that you should work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Listen, you better be afraid. Because when you leave this life, there ain't no second chances. When you leave this life, you better know where you're headed because there is no turning around and doing it again. When you leave this life, it's over, buddy. Nobody, you can't get over on the other side and say, well, mama said, I don't care. Mama ain't going to get you to heaven. Daddy ain't going to get you into heaven. I don't care what kind of soft-spoken words your preacher said. That ain't going to get you here, buddy. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. If you ain't afraid, then you got a wake-up call coming. I'm telling you today, there is a reason to fear when you're in the hands of the Almighty God. That's step one. First of all, you better know. I had a preacher that used to say, I've got a knowing in my knower. You better just know that you know that you know. There ain't nothing nobody can say to convince you otherwise. If you don't know, then you better find out. And when you are certain there ain't nothing nobody can say to change your mind that you're saved, then we can move on. And once you get to that point, then you say, am I filled? If you're sitting here today and you question in your mind, in your head, am I filled with the Holy Ghost? Well, oh, maybe I am. I'm not. You don't, you're not. You're not. Because see, listen to me. If you've got the Most High, the Holy Living God dwelling within you and you've been filled to overflowing, you know. There ain't no question in your mind. You don't have to wait on somebody to break out an instruction list on how this is supposed to work. You know. You know. We can't walk on the fence, y'all. You can't, you can't just meander through life hoping for the best outcome. Unless you want to go be a Muslim. That's how they live. They hope, man, maybe, maybe I'll do enough so that when I leave this life, those scales will be tipped in my favor and I'll be able to get into heaven. You know why they're so ready to be a suicide bomber? Because it's surety. They know if I die for my cause in service to my God, I'm going to heaven. Y'all hear what I said? It's sureness. They know it. Do you know today? See, you don't have to go blow yourself up in some building to know. 
Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Listen to me, nobody comes to God but through me. It doesn't matter what other way you can conceive of. Listen, this world has thought of millions of different ways. But I guarantee you, you won't see a single one of those people when you get into heaven. Because they leave this life thinking they know, but they still don't know. They still will question it. But I guarantee you there is nothing you can say to me. There is no amount of beating, no amount of torture that will convince me otherwise. I am a child of the Most High King. I am a child of the Most High King. He is my God. He is my Savior. There is nothing you can say that will convince me otherwise. That's not just because I'm hard-headed. That's not just because I've been brainwashed. It's because I've experienced something that nobody else can. I've experienced a one-on-one relationship with God. He comes and communes with me. He comes and ministers to me. There is a relationship. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not some fake thing that you read about and you've got to follow all these different steps. What it is is God working in me and through me. I think I might be getting through to some of y'all. Your faces have changed a little. You think back about Paul and Silas for a minute. You think all them other people in prison was as innocent as they were. Probably not. I'm sure there's always some that are falsely imprisoned. But you go talk to some people that are in jail, what do they always say? I don't know what happened, man. I didn't do it. That had to be somebody else. All I did was this. And then you talk to them again. And, well, all I did was this. Well, I did that too. But You see, most of the people in jail are there for a reason, right? So why didn't those people just rush out? Why didn't those people break free? Why didn't those people take that opportunity to escape and go on and live their life the way they wanted to? Was it because God held them back? I don't know. Was it because they had some game going on that they wanted to hang around and see what the ending was like? No. Listen, I'm telling you what I believe today. This isn't recorded in the Bible, but I'm telling you, I believe they had heard Paul and Silas pray and praise. They heard it. And just like that jailer, maybe they were kind of convicted in their heart. Maybe they kind of saw, maybe I need to go talk to them. Maybe I need to see what this is all about. Maybe there's something for me there. You see, we have an impact on other people around us. Don't be afraid and ashamed to praise your God. Don't be afraid and ashamed. You see, this life is just a vapor. Do you understand what that means? Think about this now. This life is so temporary. It's so temporary. It lasts like that. Do you know what it means to suffer for your God? No. We don't understand that. We don't understand that concept. That's so foreign to us. Thank God we don't have to, right? 
there may come a day. There may come a day when we have to. You can't wait around for that day. Don't wait around for that day to know. Look, you got to know. Some of y'all may say, man, I've been saved all my life, but I guarantee you there's that little doubt. Just because somebody told you way back when you were four or five years old, you're saved. Don't rely on what they told you. If you know, man, more power to you. But I guarantee you there's a whole bunch of us today, Christians, that don't know. And you may have come down and you may have repeated some prayer after somebody. Just because you did that doesn't mean something changed inside. Right? You've got to surrender your life to God. You've got to turn it over to Him. Most importantly, you've got to be repentant for your sins. You've got to recognize, I've done wrong and I am in need of a Savior. Until you do that, until you really accept Jesus into your heart, accept that He is the Son of God. He did come for your sins. He died for your sins. Until you accept that, you better make sure you know. You better. And when you do, I promise you, you're going to have a reason to praise. You have a reason to praise. Because when God begins to work in you, all of a sudden, guess what? All those old things pass away and new things come into existence. Things become new again. You begin to see Oh man, this is what I've been missing. This is what I've been missing. And I gotta praise. I gotta praise my God. I gotta worship Him. I don't care what you think about me. There ain't nobody here today. I used this example one time before. There ain't nobody here today. If you got a brand new car, that you would want to tell somebody about it. That's the way we are, right? We're focused on those possessions, those nice things, man. I like nice things, right? You'd want to make sure everybody saw it. Keep it washed up and clean. Y'all, I love my God. I want you to know how important He is because He's that good. He's that good. You think about the nicest thing you can imagine, that don't even compare to how good God is to me. You don't even understand what I'm talking about if you can't begin to praise when I say things like that. Because if you do, you'll say, oh, that's right. That's right. He's good to me. Oh, I want to praise Him. I want to praise Him. I lift His name up when I can. I give Him praise for everything He does. Listen to me. Coming to His house, this is safety and security. If you can't praise Him here, you ain't going to praise Him nowhere. You're not even sitting in a jail cell. You're not even sitting on the square where people are going to throw rocks at you and persecute you for speaking the name of Jesus. Do you understand what it's like in the rest of the world? Do you realize how blessed we are in this country? I can say the name Jesus. And people sometimes don't even notice what I just said. Because this is, it's commonplace. You go to Iran or Iraq. 
Go to China. Go to Egypt. You speak the name Jesus and see what happens. You may have to translate it into something they understand. See, that name is not universal. Universal. It's actually Yeshua is the original pronunciation. But you put, you put that name in the language they understand and you see how they react. Brother, let me tell you, you better have a helmet on. You better have some pads on because they do not like it. Not one little bit. We live in a blessed country. Here we are in safety. There ain't nobody here that would criticize you for wanting to raise your hands and praise God. But we can't praise Him. I understand why now. I've wondered for a while, why can't we praise God the way we should? I understand why. Because you don't know Him. You don't know Him. You've heard about Him all your life. I know this is hurting somebody today. You've heard about Him all your life. You've been taught all the biblical stories about Jonah and the well and Joshua and the wall of Jericho and how Moses led them people out of Egypt. You've heard all these stories after stories. And, and it just all builds in your mind. And you are so familiar with this God that everybody talks about that it's just like another story to you. But what I want you to understand is you don't know Him just because you know those stories. You don't know Him. You see, I can tell you stories about a guy I know at work. But you don't know Him until you've met Him. Right? Until you put that face with it and you take His hand and say, Hey man, how you doing? My name is so-and-so. Good to meet you. I've heard a lot about you. And then you begin to spend time with him, right? You begin to know some of his little quirks, some of his, some of the things that he's interested in, some of the mannerisms and things about him. Y'all, I ain't talking about that friend at work anymore. Listen to me, I understand something about God. It's that He is a person. He is an individual. He has mannerisms. He has characteristics. And this book right here tells you all about my God. It not only tells you great exploits that He did. It not only tells you about great things He led people through. But it also tells you about His character. It tells you about Him. And until you say, God, I want to know you. You don't know my God. Just because you've heard preachers talk about Him, and you've heard Sunday school teachers tell stories about Him, that don't mean you know my God. So don't call yourself a Christian because you attend a Christian church. Don't call yourself a Christian because your family goes to church. Christian means Christ-like. And in order to be Christ-like, you've got to know Him. I know it's hurting you. Sometimes the truth hurts. So you want to know why you sit there on the pew and you see all these fools around you raising their hands up and, and making noise. And man, what are these crazy people doing? 
with your sour attitude. Yeah, I said it. And you don't see me backing up from it either. You got a sour attitude when you see people praise. You know why? You don't know Him. I'm going to tell you just bluntly as I know how. Until you know God, you won't have no praise in you. But when you find Him, and you meet Him, you may have to get to your darkest hour. You may have to get broken and beat down. And then you're going to call on God, and you know what? He's going to sit back and say, "Uh uh-uh. No, that ain't what He's going to do. He's going to say, all right, man, here I am. Come on. See, He'll meet you right there. He'll meet you right there. So if you're sitting there doubting today, you, you know, they always told me I was saved. Don't listen to what them people told you. You better let God tell you.